Hey, this is Steve Allen. I'm the pastor of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Discovering Your Destiny broadcast. I hope it builds your faith, helps you to grow in every area of your life. Enjoy this message. Series on debt-free living. Tell somebody, say, we're getting out of debt. And so we've had several lessons that we taught, and these lessons were directed towards us being debt-free. Uh, we talked about the law of faith. We talked about faith for several weeks. Uh, today, I want to direct this lesson towards being debt-free. I'm going to talk about the law of expectation. Somebody shout, I expect to be out of debt. Uh, go to Romans chapter 15. Uh, we're going to look at verse number 4. And then we'll skip down to verse number 13. Romans chapter 15, verse number 4. says, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Say hope. hope. Now look at verse 13. It says... Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, first, let's look at this word hope. Hope is defined as the feeling that what, what is wanted will happen. A second definition of hope is a, desired, a desire accompanied by expectation. Also, I, um, I looked at this word uh, in the W.E. Vines Expository Dictionary. It defines hope as the favorable and confident expectation or anticipation of good. So hope says no matter what's going on now, I'm confident and I expect things to turn out for my good. Amen. Will you just say that? I expect things, I expect things. to turn out for my good. <laughs> and this is important because your faith cannot work without hope. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if we don't have hope, our faith has nothing to connect itself to. Now, I want us to look at somebody in the Bible, we looked at this before, that started out in a hopeless situation, but God turned things around for him. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3. And uh, we'll read verses 1 through 13, and then we'll skip down to verse number 16. Acts chapter 3. You have your Bibles? Yeah. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he, t and he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and prayed. How did he go into the church? Let me just stop there for a second. How, how did he enter into the temple? The Bible says he went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. 
Well, we can take an example from him today. You need to enter into the temple walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they, the people saw him. So he wasn't ashamed of his praise. Some of you wouldn't praise today because you're so busy about looking at the people that's next to you. But, you know, those people didn't wake you up this morning. Uh, okay, all right. What, what verse am I on? I'm on 10. And they knew that it was he which set, it, uh, set for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto him, uh, to them in the porch that is called Solomon's, Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to, be, to let him go. Uh, verse number 16 says, And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of ye all. Now I want you to notice in that 16 verse it says, and his name through faith in his name have made this man strong. So it wasn't Peter and John that made the man strong, but it was their faith in the name of Jesus and it was the man's faith in the name of Jesus. So, and you know what I love about this is that Peter and John made sure that God got the glory. See, see, whatever happens in your life, anything good that comes out of your life is God. And we've got to learn how to give God the glory. And let me tell you something. If God is using you to do something, make sure you point people towards God and not you. Now, verse 5 says, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. And my question today is, are you expecting to receive something from God? Ask somebody that. Are you expecting? Listen, I'm not just teaching on being debt free. I expect to be debt free. Are you expecting? Now, now we're talking about the law of expectation. And uh, let's, let's define the word expectation. In a general sense, the word expectation means to look for good or bad things to happen. It could go either way. This word also means reaching out or readiness to receive. And then expectation means, listen to this, an extraction from anything that might engage the attention in the absorption in the object hoped for until the fulfillment is realized. In other words, expectation implies not only looking for something, but it also means looking away from something. Uh, in, in that fourth verse, Peter says to the man, look on us. And then in verse 5, he says that the man gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. And I want you to listen to this. To really be in expectation, you must not only look forward to something, but you should look away from something else. I'm looking towards being debt free and I'm looking away from the time where I'm loaded down with bills. I've got to look towards something and look away. I'm looking towards my great future and I've got to look away from my bad past. I've got to look away. I can't just keep, I just can't keep looking at the troubles. 
but I got to look. I got to look with expectation to where I'm on my way. Tell somebody I'm on my way somewhere. Now, now, now let me give you the, the law of expectation. The law of expectation states that whatever you expect in your heart with conviction becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. Whatever you expect in your heart with conviction becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. When you constantly expect good things to happen, good things normally happen. But on the contrary, if you expect negative, negative things to happen, negative things usually happen. You, you know anybody that just thinks negatively? I mean, you could be talking about something good, and they can find something negative in that good. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but. Yeah, that sounds good, but. Some of you are talking to people about being debt free, and you got some people that's got their butt in the way. Yeah, I hear what you're saying about being there free. They got you all that confessions and all that other stuff, but you better use some common sense. Common sense has got you into the place you're in right now. You got to get out of common sense and really have some faith in God. Now, I want you to ask yourself, what am I really expecting? And don't lie to yourself. Be honest. Don't, don't answer this religiously. What am I really expecting? Because expectation becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, I can teach you, but I can't expect for you. Expectation becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. And, And this is true because usually our thoughts and our words and our actions line up with our expectation. And I'll tell you something else. Your expectation will affect the people that's around you, the people that you're connected to in relationships. What you expect from people determines your attitude towards them. Yes. Anybody know I'm telling the truth? Yes. And then people will, will reflect back to you your attitude. Well, you know, I, I read this where this teacher was told that her average students were exceptional. So since she expected them to be exceptional, her expectation was reflected in her attitude towards them And because she expected more from them, they operated on an exceptional level. And I said this morning, I'll say it to you again, that's why you you need to prophesy over your kids. Say something powerful and something uh, positive over your children. I've, I've talked about this over and over again. My mother used to tell me, the doctor said that you have a higher than average IQ. My mama would tell me that. Again, I never saw any paperwork. (laughs) I never. I didn't hear hear the doctor say it. All I heard was mama say. And because mama said that, I believed that I could do anything. And I operated on a level where you put anything before me, I believed that I could do it because mama told me the doctor said. Now, I ain't saying mama lied. All I'm saying, (laughs) all I'm saying is mama raised the level of my expectation of myself. What are you saying to your children? Can I stop there for a second? What are you saying to your children? What are you, what are you saying? And, and mama had to, to prophesy over my life even though she was raising my brothers and I by herself. She didn't tell me that I wasn't going to be nothing like my daddy. 
Because if she had said those words to me, I would have expected nothing. Lord, please hear me. So because she raised a level of my expectation of myself, I operated on that level. And let me tell you something. You can prophesy over your children. You can speak greatness. Oh, Lord. You can speak greatness over your children. Now, if you messed up in the past, that's okay. You know, because some of y'all are looking depressed right now. If you, you messed up in the past, that's all right. You can start right now and start speaking some positive words over your children. How'd your neighbor ask him? Did you hear that? Henry Ford said this. He says, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Now, today, I have a question that I really just want to deal with today. The question is, who or what is the object of your expectation? Who or what is the object of your expectation? Now, as believers, we know that God should be the object of our expectation. But is he really? Fred Price said, you can think that you're in faith and not be. And sometimes you can think that your expectations are in God and they're not really in God. And see, we've got to ask ourselves these serious questions. Where is my expectation? And who is the object of my expectation? Who am I expecting what I'm expecting from? Go to Psalms 62, verses 5 through 8. It says, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Hallelujah. He is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is, in God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before, your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. So the psalmist says that his expectation is in God. And then he says in verse 6, I shall not be moved. So God should be the object of our expectation. But the question today is, is he really? And it's important, it's vital that we discover who the object of our expectation is. Is it God or is it the devil? Oh, that's a strange question, Pastor. Are you expecting from God or are you expecting from the devil? <laughs> now, I know you're looking at me. You're probably saying that, that, that is this probably the stupidest question I've ever heard in my life. In church, you're going to actually ask me, am I expecting from God or the devil? I'll show you something. Go to John 10.10. 10. You'll find out it's not as stupid as you, you might think. John 10, 10. I know we know this text, but let's just read it. We're going to check ourselves. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal. That's the devil. The deceiver cometh not, but for to steal 
to kill, and to destroy. So it's the devil that comes to steal my joy. It's the devil that comes to kill my faith. It's the devil that comes to destroy my family. But then Jesus says, I am come that thou might have. I like to stop right there. So God says, I came that you might have something. Will you hunt your neighbor and tell us that God wants you to have something? He says, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, here's the truth. A lot of believers have more confidence in the devil's ability to steal, kill, and destroy than they do in Jesus' ability to give them the abundant life. So I want I, I think about this. Do you have more confidence in Satan's ability to steal, kill, and destroy than you do in Jesus' ability to give you the abundant life? And most of you, if you would be honest, you would say, you know what? In the past, I've had more confidence in the devil doing his job than I do in God doing his job. And you can hear where your confidence is in your conversations, what you, what you say. Your expectations in, in the devil. You, 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 you talk about the devil more than you talk about God. He's coming, baby. Every time you think things are good, that old devil will show up. The devil is so busy. You talk about the devil all the time. Every time something happens in your life, the devil is busy. Giving the devil glory. Because you believe in his ability to to steal, kill, and destroy. But what about having faith in God's ability? Do you really believe what Jesus says, that he came that you might have the abundant life? Is that a part of your conversation? When, when the devil does show up and he brings things in your life, do you say, well, that's not what God promised. This is not a part of the abundant life. So if it's not a part of the abundant life, I don't have to accept it because it came from the devil. So, and when I see things that come from the devil, we just mark it, return the sender. That did not come from my father. And whatever's got you heavy today, you need to return it to the sender. It did not come from your father. Return it is not a part of the abundant life. So who's the object of your expectation? I want you to listen to this. All human long-term disappointments are related to misplaced expectations. See, a lot of you have misplaced expectations. See, you think if I can just have this person or this thing, I'll be happy. But you're opening yourself up for disappointment. Some single folk can't even enjoy their lives thinking about when I get somebody. And you're missing life, putting off your happiness until you find somebody. And then when you find somebody, you find out that happiness is not in the person. Anybody ever been there? Oh, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. Ooh, Lord, I can't wait until I get me a man. And you find out that joy is not in just having a man or a woman or just some relationship. 
Oh, okay. So who's the object of your expectation? Who made you unhappy? Whose approval are you waiting for? And when you get their approval, do you think you're going to feel good about yourself once you get their approval? Some of you will never be happy because you're waiting for somebody to approve you. Let me ask you this. What if they never want you? See, God never promised you that everybody was going to like you and everybody's going to want you. And listen to this. Just because one person doesn't want you doesn't mean that you're not wanted. Oh, God, please get that. That's, that's liberating for somebody because all your, some of you right now don't have any joy today because somebody don't want you. But God says, I'm here with you. How you, God, listen, listen to what God's saying. How are you looking over me? How are you, how are you, and I'm not saying that you're going to be by yourself, but I'm saying that all your hope and all your expectation cannot be in a person. Listen, a man or a woman or a relationship will never make you happy. You've got to be happy before you get involved with anybody. Will you hunt your neighbor and just wake him up and say, you need to be happy right now. No, y'all didn't say that like you meant it. I want you to say it. Wake them up. First of all, you need to wake up. And tell them, say, you need to be happy right now. Your attitude should be, as it relates to people warning you, your attitude should be, is their loss. You don't want me, it's your loss. You're not going to devalue me because you don't want me. Because I know who I am. I'm a part of the royal family. I'm God's child. If you don't want me, see you and wouldn't want to be you. Man, some of you are just messed up over relationships. And that's not the will of God for your life. You got God. You have God. Let me be proper. You you have God. You know who you are? Do you really know who you are? Do you know how much God invested in you? You know how valuable you are? You are so valuable that God sent us the best that heaven had to offer. And if it was just you, he still would have sent his son. You know how valuable you are? Come on, put your hands on your chest and say, I have value. I have value. Come on, say this. Anybody would be blessed, be blessed to be connected to me. <laughs> y'all, y'all, ain't, y'all ain't looking like it. You're never, you're never going to be happy as long as you're looking for somebody to approve you. And please hear me. God has to be the object of our expectation. I'm I'm telling you, a lot of times we're thinking that our expectation or our confidence is in God, but it's really in a man. That's why we get so disappointed. And that's why we get so hurt. Because we're looking for a person to do what only God can do. Go, Go to Psalms 118, verses 8 and 9. Hallelujah. It says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in, in man. 
It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. The message Bible says far better to take refuge in God than trust people. Far better to take refuge in God than trust in celebrities. Doesn't matter about a person's statue. God has to be the object or, or a person's status, but God has to be the object of our expectation. Proverbs 21 and 1 says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Yes, so a man's position doesn't matter if God says yes is yes. So God has to be the object of your expectation. God has to be the object of your confidence because man will let you down. I don't care how strong he appears. We, we, we look strong. But God is strong. I, I told the story some time ago. I was at home. UPS man came and rang the bell. I told you he comes to the house a lot. Next year I won't know him. But he came to the house some years ago. Rung the bell. He says, I just saw a snake crawling across your driveway. I said, a snake? Now, let me just tell you about me and snakes. <laughs> I don't do snakes. I'm, I'm petrified. I am petrified of snakes. I, 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 I've been done with snakes since the Garden of Eden. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't mess with snakes. I'm from the city. We ain't have snakes uh, in Hollywood. Well, not the kind that, that crawl. Uh, <laughs> So I don't, really, I don't really deal with snakes. So the UPS man, I don't know, I guess I'm, it's because I'm big in stature. He thought that, I, you know, all right, I'm going to go out there and stump the snake. I don't know what he thought I was going to do. I said, well, you saw him. See, because here's the problem. If I don't find the snake, I'm not sleeping. As a matter of fact, I'm ready to sell a house. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't like snakes at all. So he says, oh, he's right over here. So I went to the garage. And I got one of these long, these tools that you extend out to cut like bushes. And I extended it to the further, <laughs> as far as I could extend it. And he said he was going to help me. He says, well, if you, if you hold the snake, I'll kill it. <laughs> so I extended the thing out. Snake's over there. I'm over here. I'm holding the snake. And he's like, you that afraid? Man, look, I got him. <laughs> So I'm back, I'm way back here holding the snake, and he's over there stabbing the snake. Ooh, that was, that was too much for you? <laughs> he killing the snake, and I held the snake, and after it was over, he was looking at me like, wow, you're really afraid of this snake, huh, big boy? Man, look, I, man, I just don't, see, so he was caught up in my appearance. He thought, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I go up against a man before I go up against a snake. But he thought, hey, he thought, he thought that, you know, because I was a big guy, I was going to be like, oh, dun, 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 dun. let's kill. No, it wasn't none of that at all. But he got caught up in my appearance. And that's what happens with us. We look at people and we think they're strong. And we put all the expectation in those people. But you've got to realize that people will disappoint. But God, tell somebody, God will never disappoint you. That's why, that's why I'm always pointing you towards God and not me. I'm always pointing you towards God 
and not me. Don't get caught up in, in a man's personality. A lot of folks don't come to church when they find out the pastor is not going to be there. I've actually had people to drive up to the church, didn't see my car, and kept going. That's crazy. God's word is still going to go forth. And whoever he uses is still God. Mm. So I, I want you to think about where is your confidence and who's the object of your expectation? Now, you can measure this by your anger level or you can measure this by your disappointment level. If you keep getting disappointed over and over again, it's because your expectation is not in God. It is, it's in somebody or something. All of the disappointments that I've ever experienced in my life was because of my expectation of people. All the disappointments I've ever experienced in my life was because I put too much expectation on people. But I will tell you that God has never disappointed me. Tell somebody, say, God has never disappointed me. Go to Hebrews 11 and 6 and we'll, we'll, we'll shut it down. Hebrews 11 and 6. Met a young man at the hospital the other day. And uh, we were just talking. We are talking about church. And he stopped going to church. And he said he stopped going to church because of some preacher. And he began to tell me all the stuff that this preacher had done. So he stopped going to church because he was disappointed by some preacher. His expectation was in this preacher. Now, listen to me. Listen to me and listen to me well. We should live. Ministers, all of us, should live at a certain level. We should uphold a certain standard. We should be people of integrity. Not just me, you too. See, y'all shaking your head. Yeah, that's right. You should be. You too. And you expect me. I understand. You expect me to live at a certain level and hold up a certain standard. You don't want to hear about your pastor being drunk. You don't want to hear about your pastor being high. You don't want to hear about how they had to walk your pastor to his car and drive him home from the daiquiri shop. Girl, I saw your pastor last night. I hope he make it to church Sunday. <laughs> I saw him walking him to the car and he was towed up. Well, you know, he, I'm telling you, now, he be balling out. <laughs> you don't want to hear that? Am I right? Am I right? Somebody yes. looking at me like, I don't want you doing that unless you're doing it with me. Uh, <laughs> but he was hurt because this preacher was not holding up the standard. And because the preacher didn't hold up the standard, he turned away from church. He says, I love God. I just don't trust preachers. And I don't trust churches. But listen to me. You, you are to follow me as I follow Christ. If I stop following Christ, you stop following me and follow somebody that's following Christ. Don't stop following because of a person. Because your expectation cannot be 
in a person. And, 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 and don't let them stop you from doing what you, you're supposed to do. Because you're going to have to answer to God and not man. Don't put all of your expectations in a man. People have been thrown off from the body of Christ. because Some people have left God because of people. Because they put too much expectation in people. Your expectation has to be in God. And again, if, if I, and just for teaching purposes only, if I stop following God, you need to stop following me. But don't stop following him. Fine. Let me tell you something. You can't paint. And I told, I told a young man that. I said, uh, I said, listen, I'm in this hospital. And there's some people that have had bad experiences in this hospital. He, I told him, I said, I've even had a bad experience in this hospital. But you see, I'm back in here. <laughs> because I'm not going to allow one person to stop me from getting what I need. Don't put all of your confidence in man. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I want to raise the level of your expectation because for most of us, the, the current ceiling that we have for ourselves is really much closer to where the floor should be. So I want to raise the level, and I, I want you to get to a point where your expectation of God is through the roof. It's got to be about him. So we're expecting, I'm expecting Next year to be an awesome year. Yeah. I'm not going to base next year on what happened this year. My expectation is at another level. The fact that I'm still here at the end of this month, when the devil tried to take me out in the first month, is enough for me to trust God for another year. And God has us in a place, listen to me, that we are coming out of some stuff. You, you, you hear me saying this and you probably, you know, don't let the devil deceive you into thinking that God is not working and moving in your life. I promise you this, this incoming year is going to be absolutely amazing. And it's not going to, it's not going to just start next year. It's starting right now. That's why the devil is attacking so much. That's why the devil is, some of you right now, you don't know what I'm talking about. You're under major attacks right now, but that's all right. You stand. I mean, you get tired of standing, stand some more. Because if the devil can get you out of faith, he's going to win. But if you stand in faith, no matter what happens, you're going to get God's best. You're going to get God's best. That's why, you know, I could have easily stayed home today. I could have easily made an excuse. But let me tell you something. What I've learned is when I need help, I don't run from help. I run to help. See, that's the trick of the devil. Some of you, when you're going through something, the first thing you do is stay home from church. And then when I see you, I say, well, where you been? I was going through something. You need to be in the place where you can get some help. We didn't go to the hospital the other day and say we're here because we're well. Hey, wait, we're here. What, what you need? I don't need nothing. 
Well, what you here for? Oh, because I'm feeling great. No, when you are going through, you need to be somewhere where you can get some healing. You need to be somewhere where you can get with your brother and your sister and we can touch and agree. God says, what the word says, what two or three are gathered together, touching and agreeing, God says, I will be in the midst. And we've got more than two or three in this place and God is in our midst and we can see him operate in our lives. Let me tell you something. I don't just come to church on Sundays and Wednesdays just to come out of religious obligation. I come expecting. I don't expect to go home the same way that I came. And me, personally, I didn't come here. I'm not going home the same way that I came today. I came here. I got here in the midst of, I got in here with some saints today. And, and we, 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 some of us prayed and we praised. Some of your faces, some of your faces encouraged me. And those that did not stop looking at you. But I'm going home different. <laughs> See, you've got to make a decision that you're going to go home different. I can't do that for you. You're going to have to do that for yourself. You're going to have to take this word, apply it to your life, and then look for some results. So I'm going home different. I'm going home and say, all right, baby, we're going to eat and we're going to sleep. Hey, we're we getting back to normal around here. Hallelujah to God. That's my expectation. So I want you to decide right now that whatever you're dealing with, I want you to decide that you're not going to leave here the same way you came. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I'm going home different. Well, I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you're ever in the greater New Orleans area, please visit Destiny Christian Center at 612 Main Street in Laplace, Louisiana. If not, you can visit us at destinychristian.org radio. 